Uh, welcome to Church in the Valley. My name is uh, Jeep Underwood. I'm the campus pastor here. And uh, I'm still working through the disappointment about that iPad. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> gosh, I'd love to have one of those. No, it's a, you know, uh, I really appreciate Jeremy uh, leading out today. That was uh, really a lot of fun. I might just ask him to come back up and, and uh, share some more with us. Um, you know, we're continuing a series today uh, on perspective. Like, you know, what, how does life really work? And we've, we've, we've been walking through some foundational aspects of how life works and what God desires to do in our lives and in our community. And also, what does God want? You know, how can we as a church participate in what God's doing in the world? That's what we've been looking at. We're going to continue looking at that. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at uh, our reality grid, uh, that we, we all have a grid that we filter uh, the input and in life through. Uh, and we decide how we make decisions. And we looked at how the scriptures are really the only way to have a really good reality grid. To really, it lines up with reality so that the decisions you make really, really do take you places you want to go. Last week we looked at knowing God. And, uh, to really understand reality, you have to get to know personally the one who created reality. And so we talked about that. And, uh, and really did, that making knowing God the passionate pursuit of your life is the only way in. That's how you get to know God. So today we're going to be we're going to we're going to go back a step a little, and we're going to look at our need for God, just the, the great need that we have for God. You know, we really can't gain a right perspective on life without God factored into it. And you know, we've um, we have to come to Him on His terms, and when we do come to Him on His terms, He really invades our life and He really helps us, and He and He, he really is the catalyst that's required for us to have a real perspective on how life works. You know, people people have a lot of perspectives on how life works. Uh, and a lot of people have really strong opinions on how life works. And if you doubt that, just go on to Twitter, and uh, you will find all kinds of things going on. You know, one the uh, last couple of weeks I've noticed there have been a few guys that have gone into Twitter and they've said things like, I think we should be tolerant of other, view, other, uh, we should be tolerant of other viewpoints so we can hear each other and listen. And you would not believe how they get hammered. <laughs> you know, they, they get hammered by everybody with everybody's per, different perspectives, and it gets kind of it gets kind of crazy. Or you could uh, try to keep up with the Kardashians. You know, you could. Uh, you know, I, I just been talking with Molly a little bit, and and uh, she's kind of she's kind of she kind of opened me up to like this this drama that's going on now with Kim and Courtney and uh, <laughs> Chloe and. And I'm just like, my gosh, you're reading this. And one of them says, if I had m- more money, then I wouldn't even have to deal with this. I went, more money? <laughs> more money? But I, I got a feeling there's a perspective issue there somewhere. Um, and I'm not making fun of them. They, they just put it out there. You can kind of see what it is they're dealing with. But, you know, folks have a lot of different perspectives on how life works. And what I want us to do right now, I want us to take a look at, uh, there's a clip from the movie Matrix. Uh, just about, it's, it's an iconic clip where Morpheus is talking to Neo. Neo has, he's kind of started to wonder that there's, there's something else going on in the world. And this is Morpheus kind of offering him an opportunity to know what the truth is. So let's take a look at that and then we'll, we'll pick back up. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. 
You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Follow me. Do you want to know? <laughs> I guess he didn't pay attention the first time. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I watch a clip like that, and now I want to go watch the movie. It's a, it's a fun movie to watch. You know, the good news is this is a sci-fi movie, and there's not really an army of computers that have taken over the world. So we're good, we're good with that. Uh, but there is something. There, there is a world system, and the culture that we live in It's the world we live and breathe in all the time. And I think it just, it just gives a, a real good uh, analogy for that. It's the world that's been pulled over our eyes. It's the, it's, it's the way the world thinks. It's the way the world operates. And the truth is that we're all born into this and we're just immersed in it. And a lot of folks that have never found their way out of just that frame of thinking, they really are slaves and they're in the prison of their mind. Uh, they really, it's very difficult for them to really entertain that there's some way out of this world that we've all been, uh, we've, we've all grown up in. And what I wanted to do this morning is just, uh, just kind of walk through um, really what what it looks like you know, before I like to look at like before you, before someone trusts in Christ before then they're just fully embracing the uh, the world that they're living in I like to look at just three verses real quickly and just kind of frame like what that world kind of looks like from the, from the scriptures so let's take a look at Ephesians four seventeen and eighteen this is Paul talking he says with the Lord's authority I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life that God, far from the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. You know, their, 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 their reality grid is, it's all messed up and it's cutting them off from the life that, that God really wants for them. And their minds really operate in darkness and they really can't see what's going on. 
And like it says in Ephesians 2.12, it just says they have no hope and they're without God in the world. They're kind of just untethered trying to figure things out. So let's take a look at uh, Jeremiah 18.11 and 12. This God has just told uh, the children of Israel, he's just told them some things he says, I'm going to be bringing some hard things into your life because I'm trying to get your attention because I want you to turn around and follow me. And this is what he says right after that. He says, Oh, turn back each of you from his evil way and reform your ways and your deeds. But they will say, it's hopeless, for we are going to follow our own plans and each of us will act according to the stubbornness of our evil heart. And what, he, what, he's, what he's saying is that these folks, they, they, heard, they heard this from God and they just their, their, their response is, this is just hopeless because I'm really not ever going to change what I'm doing. This is really, you know, I kind of got it figured out. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm going to do. And it, what that does is it takes you to kind of a hopeless place because you, life will just continue to be the same as it was. You keep giving the same results. So then let's, so what is that emotionally like? What's that like? Let's look real quickly at Isaiah 57, 20 through 21. And it says, but the wicked are like the tossing sea for it cannot be quiet. And its waters toss up refuse in mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. He's really describing what the prison, this prison of the mind away from God really looks like. It's really just, it's full of restlessness. It's full of just a churning of just, just stuff you wish. You're like, man, I want to be better, but man, it just, it just things keep churning up and there's really just no peace and no rest. And that's a real tough place to be, to be, uh, to be really in that situation. Uh, and as I was thinking about what it's like to feel that way, I remember, actually, I thought back to a time when I was 20 years old and I was driving home from college. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I was, I, li- I was going to college then up in uh, the Bay Area and I was driving about four hours down to my mom and dad's central California. And I remember it was easy to know how to get home because I took the I-80 to the 880 to the 780 to the 680 to the 580 to the I-5. And when you got the I-5, I finally got rid of the 80s and I was on my way home. And so one day, I, you know, I, I did all the did all that, and I came. I was on the 680, and I came down, and uh, there was a huge traffic jam in front of me, and it just wasn't normal. Usually, when the time I left, it was no problem. Huge traffic jam. I didn't know that later I was going to live in Los Angeles, and I would go 30 minutes. So, but anyway, I saw that, and for me, 30 minutes, I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot wait 30 minutes. So, I just took the exit and I thought, you know what? I know I'm going the 6 oh, I'm the 680. The 580 goes perpendicular roughly, so I I can find the 580. And so I drove off and I've always had a pretty good opinion of my ability to navigate. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'll tell people, why well, think in 3D? You know, I kind of get this here and I can and there's, there's some truth to that, but this day, you know, I drove about an hour. <laughs> and after about an hour I had to pull over to the curb. And I had, had to have a, just a moment of reflection. <laughs> and, and, I, and I had to come to grips with something. And that was the fact that not only did I not know where the 580 was, I didn't even know where I was. <laughs> I, I've actually, I don't think I've ever been truly that lost in my car before. And actually since. I don't think I've ever been. Thank goodness for Google Maps. Um, that wasn't around back then. And so what I had to do is, you know, I completely lost my frame of reference. And so I, I had to, so I started thinking, well, I just want to go back where I came from then. So I, so I just started driving around. I couldn't remember how to do that. And I finally connected, I found and saw a street that I recognized enough. I went, I think I remember that. 
And I go over and I hit them all oh, this one. And then it took me back to the 680. And then I got in line. <laughs> I had to wait 30 minutes. Um, and so by the time, you know, by the time I, I wanted to save myself 30, 20, 30 minutes of problem. And it cost me about two, two and a half hours. And it's just one of those moments where you realize I need to, uh, rethink the way I do things. Um, but you know what? That's really, that's really what it's like for those that are lost to God. They've never trusted in Jesus and they're, they're lost to God and they, they sincerely believe they know where they're at. They know where they're going and they know how to get there. But in fact, they really don't know where they're at and how they're going to get there. And, and they don't really figure that out. Sometimes they don't figure that out until things get really, really hard and, and, and things begin to really hurt. And, uh, now, you know, just like in the matrix, when you're in this prison, you just don't realize it. You're just like, you're just operating and you're just, uh, it just feels like life. And this is just what life is like. And, and then you, you do things and you have hard things begin to happen and you just, you, you can go into a lot of confusion. And I really do think that's what it means, what it, what it really looks like to be lost is when, when we're lost to God, we're also lost to ourselves and we don't know where we're at and we don't know how to get where we want to go. And so, so how do you, how do you take the red pill? You know, how does someone take the red pill and really, uh, that can free them from the prison of their mind? And uh, with that, I'd like to take a look at John chapter 8. Look what Jesus said. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, there, there is a, there's a truth about how life really works that really will set you free. When you, when you get your reality grid lined up, it really will free you up to be who you've always wanted to be. And who God really wanted you to be. Uh, but yeah, let's work this, let's work this verse backwards. You know, to, for the truth to set you free, you really have to know the truth. Uh, you have to really come to a place where you really know what the truth is. And then to know the truth, what he says is you have to truly be his disciple. You have to be his learner and really put into practice the things you're learning. You really have to be his disciple. And then to be his disciple, you really have to abide in his word. You have to take his word seriously. So that you, uh, really put into practice and you start beginning to really be convinced that this really is the way life works. Um, so how, do, how does a person come to the place where, uh, they, they're interested in being a disciple of Jesus? How do they, how do they go from being lost in this, uh, the world we live in and just on their own to a place where they really will listen and really will follow what Jesus has to say? I think you have to, and what I want to do this morning is I want to look at Psalm 107. And Psalm 107 paints some pictures of, of different kinds of people and how they respond to God and what God does with them and how he helps them in their lives. And what you'll see, you'll see a pattern in what I read. Um, and you have to, basically to, to connect with God, you have to come to the end of yourself. You have to cry out to him for help and really come to him on his terms. And then what he does is he invades your life. And he takes care of you and he really connects you to him. So let's take a look at this first group. This is, uh, Psalm 107, verses 4 through 9. I'd call these guys, I call this kind of folks, uh, just the wanderers. These are the folks that they, it's kind of like Neo in, in the Matrix. He knows something's not right. There is some truth out there and they're trying to find it. And so this, let's just read through this and what, what it says about the folks that are really looking for something. It says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. 
They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. You know, some folks, some folks are aimlessly wandering around and they're just, they're looking for something that's real and what really, and really uh, matters and they're looking for something that really satisfies them. And they're trying to make sense of things. And they're looking for a place really to call home. And it says that they come to the end of themselves, they cry out to God, and he delivers them. And then it says he satisfies the thirsty soul, and he fills the hungry soul with what a good. God is really the one who satisfies. And he's waiting to hear that cry. And the folks that are really looking for the truth, they're close to him. They just need to cry out to him and connect with him. Uh, Psalm, let's look at verses 10 through 14. This is another group. I'd call these kind of the the antagonism group. They're kind of antagonized by what God has to say. You know, some folks, uh, let me go ahead, I'll read this first. There was, there were those who dwelt in darkness and the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains, because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. And he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And he broke their bands apart. You know, there, there are some folks that they, they actively rebel against what God says to do. It's like they just don't, they just don't want to do that. And they wind up, what this would say is that they wind up in dark places. They wind up in darkness and, and in bondage. They, they're in bondage to things. And then what God does, he graciously, he graciously works to get their attention by bringing hardship into their lives. So they get to the place where they come to the end of themselves and they cry out to him for help. And so when they do that, once God hears their cry, he saves them out of all their distresses. And he brings them out of darkness and he and it says he breaks their bands apart. He frees them. And it's uh, the things that they've gotten wrapped up in, he, he breaks that apart. Uh, and so it's just an, it's an incredible experience that someone goes through when God really works in their life. So let's look at the next one. Uh, this is in verses 17 through 20. And this is uh, this group I call the indifferent group. Kind of like, you know, uh, so let's go ahead and read what it says about it. It says, fools, because of the rebellious way and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. That word destructions in the original languages, it just means pits. So like the, the, all the, the pits that they found themselves into. Now these folks, these folks have like a rebellious way of living. They, they aren't actively against anything or for anything. They're, they're just, just kind of a, they just do it their own way. They just do it their way. And what happens is, you know, when you have it, when you, when you handle life like that, you kind of start blowing through boundaries. And uh, you get into some real problems. And you, you can even come to death's door. That's what he says, right? They're looking at death. He says, but then when they come to the end of themselves, they cry out to God in their trouble. He delivers them and he sends his word to heal them. The word is really the remedy that they need. And he really helps them connect to what it is that he has for them. And he really takes care of them. 
<clears throat> so, you know, when a, when a person, when a person surrenders to God in that way and makes him the boss of their life, something really happens. There's something that really happens when you be, when you decide you're going to really accept Christ and his, and what he did on the cross for you. There's something that really happens in you. A brand new thing happens. In fact, let's look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, whom we have, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What God does is he, he takes us from that, that prison of your mind and he moves us into the, his kingdom. And, and actually brand new things begin to start happening in our lives. In fact, uh, we, we, there's a brand new person, a brand new self, a new self that gets created in us. There's a real thing that happens. So let's take a look at Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Paul's talking and he says, Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with his evil practices and have put on the new self which is who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. What he's saying is that when we become a, when we become a believer, there's a new person that, that Jesus creates in us, a new self. And that person is really in the process of being changed, being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. And the goal of that process is that we actually become like Jesus. We begin to actually have the right perspective on reality. We understand how we live in perspective with reality just like Jesus could. And we become like him. That's really what... That's really what uh, God has in mind. And, and that that moment, that starting of something new, that's required before you can really step into this, into this life that God wants for us. And so, ha- so that, that being, conf- uh, being uh, renewed, let's take a look at, let's take a look at Romans 12 2. Romans 12 2, Paul says this. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That phrase, do not be conformed to this world, in the Phillips translation, he translates it like this. He says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And uh, there's, a, there's a real pull. Uh, there's a real pull for those of us that have accepted Christ to really to be pulled back into that world's way of thinking. And, uh, we really want, and not really to pay attention to God. And actually, maybe get caught up in some antagonism. Or maybe get caught up in some indifference. Or get caught up in some wandering. We really want to pull. So, what we read in Psalm 107 is not just for someone who's on the outside. It's actually, it's a daily experience of, of us as we walk with God. As you need help with God to keep coming to Him. And when you find yourself wandering, cry out to Him. When you find yourself, maybe you went against something God said to do, and you and you start getting into some problems, man, cry out to Him, and really come back to Him, return to Him, and He will really connect with you. And then, you know, maybe you've been indifferent, and all of a sudden you, bad things start happening to you. Like you just cry out to Him and come back to Him, return to Him, and really yield to God's word and putting it into practice. Really yield to God's word. That's He says you were to be renewed. In your mind. It's really an experience of meditating on the Word of God and really putting it into practice. Now, as I, as I get close to wrapping up, I want to talk about another driving story. Uh, when I was, another traffic jam, and it, it went a little differently for me. Uh, 
years, uh, this is several years ago now, still before Google Maps. Google Maps is my friend now, but it, I didn't have it back then. And when I was driving from Northern California, driving down to, uh, down to LA, coming back home. And, uh, you know, I was driving. I won't tell you how fast I was going, but I was making good time. And, uh, and it just, it was one of those times when you like, man, if the planets lined up, there's no traffic. I came over the grapevine. I was just loving life. Come down around. And I get close to Magic Mountain. And just before you get to where Magic Mountain is in Santa Clarita, there's this big sweeping turn of a few miles long. And as you turn, then you see Magic Mountain. And you, and then you go on home. Well, as I start going into the sweeping turn, I'm about halfway in the sweeping turn, and I looked up and there was a Caltrans sign. It was one of those big you know, electric signs and it was like, you know, flashing at you. And I looked at it and it said, traffic jam ahead, take next exit. I don't know about you, but I, I had a crisis of faith right then. Cause, cause I, I, <laughs> I, I was making good time. I thought, man, I'll get off. There's a frontage road. I'm going to hit every stop sign. It's going to take me forever. What, if, what, you know, you're just thinking, what if they forgot to turn the sign off? Maybe the problem isn't even there anymore. And then I thought, well, then you think, well, well, maybe, uh, maybe it's over and they just haven't turned it off. And you start thinking, you know, is it valid? And, and so I pulled over into the slow lane. I didn't slow down, but I pulled over into the slow lane. And I'm trying to see around the corner and I just, I just can't see around the corner. Cause it's a huge, like I said, a huge sweeping turn. And I got right, it was like point of no return. You have to decide which way. And so I'm right there and I had just enough faith in Caltrans. I took the exit. I took the exit and when I did that, I, you know, it continued on the front, I got onto the frontage road and I went around and I went up onto the next overpass. And as I did, I saw this panorama of one of the worst traffic jams I'd ever seen. I mean, it was, it wasn't even moving. It was just parked. And it was, it was still ways in the future, in the future. <laughs> uh, whoa. <laughs> I have abilities I didn't want to divulge yet, but, uh, but way off in the distance, I could see, hey, they aren't moving. And then, and then I'm, you know, as I'm going up over this thing, I looked and I'm at a stop sign. And then I, and then I, I'm paying attention a little bit better. And there's a police officer at the stop sign and he's waving me through. And he's kind of annoyed at me because I wasn't paying attention. He's like, okay. So I go through the stop sign. And I'm on this frontage road, and every time I get to several stop signs, there's a police officer at every stop sign waving me through. And I'm just like flying along. I'm in a, well, I wouldn't fly along. You know, the police officer, you got to – I was doing a good, a good solid 45. So, you know, I'm going along, and I, I'm looking, and I start pa- – I'm a frontage road, so I start passing the people on the freeway. And I'm like, man, I could have been over there. I'm just driving along. And then I, you know, then I had to work with my pride, like, you should have read the sign. Um, no. Um, so I need to work on that too. So, but here I am, I'm driving down and actually there was just like, for me, it was a bump in the rug because, uh, Caltrans had really helped me out. Now, you know, the difference between the story I told you at the beginning and the story I told you at the end is the first one I was completely on my own. Completely on my own. And, I couldn't figure it out, and I lost my frame of reference, and I didn't know what to do. And that is really a picture of what it's like without God. Then the other one, I had I had someone looking out for me, someone who knew what was happening, someone who knew what to do in light of what was happening, and it made all the difference. I think it probably I probably maybe lost ten minutes, and everyone else that was in that traffic lost probably the two or three hours. 
So, you know, when uh, that's the way it is, that's really the difference between walking with God and and being on your own is you really have someone who really understands what's going on and really giving you advice as to what to do. And that's what we've been talking about is really taking God up on that offer. So this morning, this morning you, you might be here today and maybe maybe you've never... Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe you've thought about it. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe, maybe it's something you've considered. Um, I would, I would really encourage you this morning to take the red pill. Take the red pill and really do you find out what the truth is and connect with God and, uh, and really, uh, cry out to Him and really, uh, make Him the boss of your life and yield to Him. And, uh, if you, you know, you're here this morning, you, you, you may have a relationship with God and you've been, you've been connected with Him, but maybe you've been getting pulled into that world's way of thinking. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been connected, uh, maybe hitting some, some, some indifference, maybe some antagonism on something you're not sure you, you agreed with or within the Bible or, or maybe it's just you've been kind of wandering around and you kind of like, you just kind of gone off on your own. I'd really encourage you really to just humble yourself today. And just cry out to him and ask him for his help, and he's right there. And so, with that, I like to I like to ask the band uh, to go ahead and come back up, and I'll work through just a few next steps. You know, uh, maybe for you today, maybe it's for the first time, it's just to yield to God and make Him the boss of your life. Maybe that's what your next step is. And then uh, for others, maybe your next step is is really to humble yourself and come to God and really ask Him for His help. And maybe, you know, maybe there's something that God has really kind of highlighted to you that I never thought to mention. Maybe there's something that God has really been speaking to you about, and I'd really encourage you just to take Him at His word and really follow through with what He said. With that, I'll pray, and we'll get back to worship. God, Father, I am just so grateful that You have not left us untethered in the dark, and that my experience of life doesn't have to be like when I was lost when I was 20 years old and driving. But God, I just pray that you would really connect each one of us and draw each of us to you. And I pray that each one of us would really uh, choose to follow you and really uh, connect with you and really connect to the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.